Shalom to all. Today's office is Ein. Hey, we are starting the fourth line, the last word on the line. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basib, Yaakov, Maisha, Hernish, Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Mars, Rivka, Basib, Meir, Zev, Hernish, Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah. Now, yesterday we had two contradictory brises. One had said that if he used Makadish, her al that she does not have Nidarim, turns out that she did. But Chacham was Mata, her nether, then the Kedushin is valid. Second brises said that even though the Chacham was Mata, her nether, the Kedushin is still not valid. And the beginning of the Gemara is really just the conclusion of yesterday. So, Yerav Meir, Imer of Meir had said, Call Nether Shetzar Chakir's Chacham, if it's a nether that needs a Chakir's Chacham and needs a Chacham to be Matarit, Lo Yachser, he's allowed to remarry her if he divorced her because of this nether that she made. Rabbi Lazar Imer, he said, Lo Yasrut Sarech, Sarech. They only asked him from remarrying her if he divorced her because of this nether. If it's a nether that needs a Chakir's Chacham, that's what the word Sarech means over here, is only because of a nether, She'enet Sarech Chakir's Chacham. And by my what are they arguing about? Rameir, Savar of Meir holds Adam Ratzashet is Baza Ishtab Bezdin. A person doesn't mind if his wife is demeaned by going to Bezdin to have them Matar her nether. Whereas Rabbi Lazar Savar, he holds, a person does not want his wife to be demeaned in Bezdin by going there to have the Mata her nether. So therefore, the first brisa would be Rav Meir, and the second brisa would be Rav Lazar. Now, Rav Armor, he has a different answer. Hach over here in the second brisa, that even though she got her nether matter by a Chacham, it's still not a valid Kiddushin. That's Bish Chashuvah Skinon. We're talking about a woman from a very important family. Do Amar, her husband says, I don't want to be usher to her relatives. In essence, what the husband is saying is that even though the Chacham was Mata her nether, it's likely that she's going to make more Nadarim, which is going to lead to divorce, and then I'm going to be usher to marry her relatives, such as her mother or sister. Therefore, the Kedushin is not Chal at all to begin with. They want to ask Yehachi if that's really so. Seifa, the end of that bride, so Diktani, that says, Avul who, but regarding him, let's say he was Makadar Shal Tanai, that he doesn't have any Nadarim or that he doesn't have any Mumin. Shahal Chetel Chacham V'yitiroi, but then he went to the Chacham and he was Matar his Nadar, Etel Reifiv Ripaisai, or he went to the doctor and healed him from his mom. Mikudashes, she is Mikudashes. Why is that? Listening, we should teach in the Mishnah in Mikudashes that she's not Mikudashes, because of we should say, Hachab Adam Chashvaskinon, that we're talking about a man from a Chasha family, the armor that she would say, Loi Nichalida Itzabrekreve. I don't want to be ushered to his relatives. He's probably going to end up making more Nadarim. We're probably going to end up getting divorced, and I don't want to be ushered to his relatives. Why don't we say that in the safe of the Mishnah? So the Mark explains it's different when we're dealing with him versus her. Ihi, when we're dealing with her, she's okay even with a Kaldahu type of husband, even with any sort of husband, even a type of husband that's going to be making Nadarim. And therefore, their marriage is not going to lead to divorce. Now, why is it that we say that she doesn't really care who her husband is? He says, It's better for her to live with two bodies, meaning for her to live with a husband than to live alone, even though her husband is not exactly the type of guy she wants to write home about. Abai Yomar, he says, we have different saying, gavra, even if a person is as small as an ant, meaning he's very low in stature, she's going to take her chair and put it among the free women. She won't mind sitting among women of very high stature because at least she's married. Rapapa Amr, he explains it with a different saying, gavra, even if her husband combs wool, which is a very demeaning profession, she's going to call him to the entrance of the house and she'll sit with him in full view of everyone. She's not going to be embarrassed because at least she's married. Rav Ashiyomer, he says, the call Sagavra, even though her husband is of dubious lineage, she's not going to even ask him for lentils for her pot, even though lentils are really cheap. She's not going to ask her husband for anything. She's just going to be happy that they're married. However, now we have a little bit of an explanation why these women are going to be okay with such husbands. Tana, who's taught in a brisa of a cool on all these women, Mizanais, they're Mizana with other men, and their Tala, that child is from her husband. In a way, perhaps the only reason why they're married to these husbands is so that they could be Mizana, and now at least they have an excuse why they're pregnant. They can always say, oh, it's from my husband. But either which way, we see that by a woman, she doesn't really care so much who she's married to, as opposed to a husband, which is different. Now, it's in the Mishnah, the call mum in any mum which is going to pass a coin from doing avoid in the base of Mekdash, that's the same type of mum, that if a woman had this mum, that type of mum would pass a kiddushin if he made kiddushin on condition that she doesn't have mumin. Now, the Gemara tells us, Tana, we have a brisa, Haisifu Alehin, they added on the following mumin, the pasal a woman, meaning these exist by a woman, but not by a coin. Zaya, if she sweats profusely and smells because of that, Vishuma, if she has a mole, Verechapeh, if she has bad breath. As the Gemara, these types of mumin do not possible by Kahanim, 
Tanan, we have a Mishnah. Hazakin, an old animal, Vahachaila, and a sickly animal, Vahamazuam, or an animal that smells absolutely terrible. All these types of animals are not allowed to be brought as a carbon. Utanan, we have another Mishnah that says, Mumin Elu, these types of Mumin that we just mentioned, Bain Kavun, Bain Ivrin, Psulin Ba'adam, whether they're permanent or they're temporary, they passle by a person, meaning they passle a Kayin. And the first Mishnah that we quoted, it says, Mizuham is one of the Mumin. Mizuham means a bad smell. And our understanding is, the Zaya and Rechapeh is included in this bad smell of Mizuham. So we see that these are Mumin that exist by a Kayin. So Amar Biyasi Reb he answers, like Kasha, there's no problem. One's talking about something which is passing. It's not permanent, it's temporary, and that's not absolved by a kain. However, if it's permanent, that's going to be absolved by a kain. Now, Ravashi Amr, he gives a different answer. Zaya on Mizuham Karamis, you're asking from Zaya onto Mizuham. Mizuham is different from Zaya. The smell of Zaya is something we're able to get rid of temporarily. Over there, and we're dealing with Kaihanim that have this smell of Zaya on them. After the Avar we're able to temporarily take away the smell with wine vinegar, and he's able to do the Avaida after he uses this wine vinegar. And Rechapenami, also if he has bad breath, after the Nakapapalabapume, he gets sick peppercorn in his mouth, and he could do Avaida, and now he doesn't have bad breath while he's doing Avaida. When we're dealing with a woman, she's not able to do this. If she has this bad smell or she has bad breath, there's nothing she could do about it because anything she's going to do is just going to only take it away temporarily, but she's always with her husband. So that's why by a woman it's a mum, and by a kain it's not. Now we focus on the second mum, the shuma, this mole. What exactly is this mole, which is a mum by a woman, but not by a kain? If it has hair in it, it's a both by a woman and by a kain. If it doesn't have hair in it, if it's a large mole, it's still a psal. And if it's a small mole, it's not a psal by either one. The time, because we have a brisa talking about a kain, if it's a mole that has hair, that's a mom by a kain. If it doesn't have hair, if it's large, if it's small, that's not a mom. What does that mean? It's a large mom. He explains, if it's up until the size of an Italian iser, that's still considered small, it's not considered large. So, he answers by Medesal Padachta. We're talking about a small mole that does not have hair, which is on her forehead. The Gemara asks Padachta, if it's on her forehead, Rav is who? He clearly saw that mole on her forehead and he was reconciled by it. He was okay with it. So Rav Papa answers by Medes Latachas Kipa Resha. It's underneath the cap of her head. Sometimes he could see it, sometimes he can't see it. So we're not able to say that he for sure saw it. He didn't necessarily see it. And if he only noticed it after Kiddushin, he could say it's a Mechachtos. Now, continue to talk about Mumin on a woman. Amrav Chizda, he says, I heard the following thing from a great man. Umanu, who's that great man? Rav Shila was Rav Shila. Nashka Kelv, if the dog bit her, and that place where the dog bit her became a scar, that's a mom. Amr Chisti, he says, if a woman has a deep voice, that's a mom. Shinemar, because the Pasuk says, your voice is sweet and your appearance is beautiful. So we see that a woman ought to have a sweet voice. If she has a thick, heavy, deep voice, that's considered a mom. And continuing to talk about mumin by a woman, Tanur Ibn Nasan Birah, he teaches, between the breasts of a woman is a space of a tefach. Now, wanted to say in front of Ravashi, the tefach lamal yusa, this space of a tefach in between a woman's breast, that's a good thing, that's very nice. Normally Ravashi, he said, no, gabi mum tanya, that was taught by a mum, if she has a space of a tefach, that's a mum. So we ask Vikama, how much space in between the breasts is considered good? Amr um, Abayi says, shal shetzbah is three fingers. And continuing in this vein, Tanya Ibn Asun he says, kol if a woman has larger breasts than her friend, haraz a mum, that's considered a mum. Vikama, how much larger do they have to be? Amr Av Miyasha, Barbarid Rav Yishu Ben Levi, Mishmed Rav Yishu Ben Levi, tefach, if they're larger, by a tefach, that's a mum. Ask the Gemara, Mirka Kiagavna, is that even possible? We answer in yes. The Amar Rabbi Rachana, Aniri Isi Aravi Achas, I saw an Arab woman, Sheshpila Dadel Achira, she slung her breasts behind her, Vinika Asbana, and she nursed her child like that. Now, once we get a memory from Rabbi Miyasha, we have another one. The Pasuk tells us, Ulitsiani Amar, and Tutsian, it should be said, Ish Ish Yulad Ba, this man and that man were born in her, Vuhuyachaneha Elyon, and he's going to establish her on high. And Amar from Yasha Barbara Yushuban Levi, what's this referring to? Echadan Noilin Bav, Echadan Mitzapalur Isa, this Pasuk applies to both someone who was born in Eretz Yisrael and someone who wanted. 
wanted to come to Eretz Yisrael. The Pasuk is talking about the Gula Hasida when everyone's going to come to Eretz Yisrael. The ones that are going to get to establish Tziyayin, which is Eretz Yisrael, are both the people that were born in Eretz Yisrael and people that weren't born in Eretz Yisrael but very much desired to come. Now, Rabbi, he tells us, even though there is somewhat of a comparison between people from Eretz Yisrael and people from outside Eretz Yisrael, there's still a difference. One of them, one Talmud Chacham that lives in Eretz Yisrael, is better than two of us in Bavel. That's because the heir of Eretz Yisrael makes people wise. Now, Amarava, but Rava said, one of us from Bavel that goes to there, that goes to Eretz Yisrael, becomes better than two of them. When Rabbi Yirmiya lived over here in Bavel, he didn't even know what the Rabbanon were talking about. And when he went to Eretz Yisrael, he called us foolish Babylonians, which means he grew so much in his learning that he felt comfortable calling us foolish Babylonians when even the Eretz Yisrael tell me the Chachamim didn't feel comfortable calling us that. So we see that one person from Chutzl Arts that goes to Eretz Yisrael becomes twice as good as a native person from Eretz Yisrael. Now continue to talk about this case where he was Makal Shral tonight that she doesn't have Mumin and then it was discovered that she has a Mum. The Mishnah tells us, Haiba Mumin, it was discovered that she has a Mum of Adbe Sevilla and she's still in her father's house. It's after Erison but before Nisuin. Now her husband wants to call it off. He wants to say it's a Mekach so it turns out that she has a Mum. Whereas the father says, if you want to call it off, you have to give her a Ksuba. So in this case, Raya, the father has to bring a Raya, Shemishanis Arsa, Hayuba Mumin Alalu, that these Mumin only came onto her after Erison, when his Sadeu, and his field was flooded. Namely, if the father is able to bring a Raya, then we say in his Sadeu, on the husband, it's his tough luck that she has a mum and he would have to pay the ksuba. But if the father cannot bring a raya, then the husband has the upper hand over here. However, if she already went into the Rishos husband, it's already after Nisuin, and then these mumin were discovered, the husband has to bring a proof that these mumin really existed on her even before Erisin, and it's a mechachtos, and he doesn't have to give her anything. That's Romer's opinion. When was it said? If we're talking about mumin, they're in a private hidden area, so the husband couldn't have seen them. If we're talking about open, revealed mumin, he can't tie that because he for sure saw them and he was for sure nispious. He was obviously reconciled with the fact that she had these mumin. And also, if there's a public bathhouse in that city, even if she has mumin on a hidden place in her body, he's not able to say, I didn't know you had those mumin. Why is that? Because he checks her out with his relatives. He sends his female relatives to the bathhouse when she's bathing and they can check out whether or not she has a mum. And now the Gemara is going to bring up a seeming steer in the Mishnah, which is going to have three answers to it. So the Gemara says, Taima, it seems to be that in the ratio of the Mishnah, the reason why the father would get the Ksuba is because the Maisio Avraya, the father brought a Raya that these movement happened after Erison. But that implies, Holoi Maisio Avraya, if the father does not bring a Raya, Habal Mehemen, the default is that the husband's believed. Now, Mani, who would that be like Rabbi Shua? He, that seems to be like Rabbi Shua, the armor that he says, we don't listen to what she says. Now, what's the sheet of Rabbi Shua referring to? It's referring to the case that we had earlier in the Masechta where they got married and she turned out not to be a Basula and the husband claimed that she was Mazana during Erison and she claims she was Nenas. And Rabbi Shua, in that case, holds, we don't believe her. Now, the following thing is very important for the following Gemara. Technically, she should have a cheskas hagof that she's a basula or that she doesn't have a mum. And why is that? Why would she have this cheskas hagof? Because all women are born basulas and most are born without mumin. And therefore, it should technically be incumbent on the husband to bring a raya. However, Rabbi Shua does not hold that we go with this cheskas hagof of hers, and we're soon going to see why. But now the Gemara continues, Amos Seifa, what about the next case in the Mishnah? We had said, Nechazal Roshos Habal, if she had already went to the Roshos husband, meaning it's already after Nisuin, Habal Sarkh Lahavi Raya, the husband has to bring a raya. Now, time and the reason why he won't have to pay her ksuba is the Maisei Bal Raya is because the husband brought the raya. Haloi Maisei Bal Raya. That implies that if the husband did not bring a raya, then Ho'av Mehemin, the father would be believed, meaning the default is that we believe the father. But I saw in the Rebbe Gamliel, now that seems to be that we're going Shitas from Gamliel, the Amarna Menes, that he says in this case of Rebbe Shua that we brought up previously that she is believed. So who's our Mishnah? Is it Rebbe Shua or Rebbe Gamliel? So I'm Rebbe Lazar, he's our first answer. He says, Tavra, you're right, it's a stero, Misha Shanazula Shanazu. Whoever taught the ratio of the Mishnah did not teach the Sefer of the Mishnah. The ratio of the Mishnah is Rebbe Shua, the Sefer is Rebbe Gamliel, which means that if we were to ask Rabbi Shua about 
the safe of the Mishnah, he would say that the father still has to bring proof. And if we were to ask Rabbi Gamaliel about the ratio of the Mishnah, he would say that the husband has to bring proof. Now, Amr Rabbi, he just clarifies what Rabbi Lazar just said. Don't say that Rabbi Shua doesn't follow her cheskas at all. The only time Rabbi Shua doesn't follow her cheskas that she most probably did not have mumin, that's only when there's a cheskas mamain up against her. Such as in our Mishnah, he has a cheskas mamain, he has a chazaka that the money is by him. So she can't use her cheskas that she most probably doesn't have mumin in order to be mighty mamain to extract the ksuba money from her husband. However, if we have a scenario where there's no cheskas mamain, also Rabbi Shua Rabbi Yeshua will follow Cheskas Agof. Then now we have a Mishnah. Now this Mishnah is talking about Tsaras. We know that one with a white spot on their skin, a Baharas, they might have Tsaras. And the deciding factor is two white hairs in that spot. So the Mishnah tells us, in Baharas, if the white spot on the skin came before the white hair and the white hair was developed only after this white spot appeared, Tame is the person's Tame. He has Tsaras. If the white hair was before the Baharas, Tahar, so he's Tahar. Suffolk, however, it's a Suffolk. We don't know when the white hair came. Tame is the person's Tame. Rabbi Yeshua, I'm Rabbi Yeshua says, Keha. The halacha in this case of Suffolk is just like if the white spot would grow faint. That's what the word Keha means. It means faint. Now we ask my Keha, what does that mean, Keha? It's as if it's faint. So Amar Rabbi, he says, Keha Tahar. That just like if the white spot would grow faint, it would be Tahar. So too, in this case of Suffolk, it's Tahar. So we see that in this case, where the person has a Cheska Zagof, that he does not have Taras, Rabbi Shua Paskins, that he's Tahar when it's a Suffolk. So he clearly follows Cheska Zagof when it's not up against any other Chazaka. But now going back to the steer between the Rasha and the Sefer Ar Mishnah, we have a different answer. Rav Amar, he says, Rasha Kanim Hayu, Sefa Kanim in the Rasha, we apply the statement of Kanim Tsu Kan Hayu. Here's where it was found, so here's where it happened. And in the Sefa also, we apply this concept of Kanim Tsu Kan Hayu. Now, what does this mean? So, literally, Kanim Tsu Kan Hayu means that this is where they were found, so this is where they happened. So, in the Rasha, that tells us that since the Mumun were found when she was still in her father's house, we can fairly assume that she already had them before Arison. Therefore, the burden of proof is on her father. However, when they were found after Nisuin, we can assume that they only developed on her after Nisuin. Therefore, the burden of proof is on her husband. But now, Esabai asked on Rava, the Mishnah had said, if she got married, the husband has to bring a raya that these movement existed on her even before Erisin. And the whole thing's a mechatos. Now, what do we see from there? It it's only if he brings a raya that she had these movement before Erisin. But if he was only able to bring a raya that she had these movement after Erisin, that's not enough for him to get out of paying her the ksuba. But why is that? Why don't we say that they were discovered while she was still in her father's house and that's when they happened? In other words, even if the husband is only able to bring a raya that she had these mumin after Arison, still we should say kanim tsu kan hayu and say that since she had these mumin when she was still in her father's house, it must be that they developed even before Arison. Somebody Rava told him, if the husband was only able to bring a raya that these mumin were on her after Arison, the reason why he's not believed is because we could always say, we have a chazaka, a person doesn't drink from a cup unless he checks the cup, which means that a person's not going to get married unless he makes sure that she doesn't have mumin. And Vahai Rava and Fayasu, it must be that this person checked into it and he was reconciled, he was okay with the fact that she had Mumin. And that's why it's not a sufficient enough Raya. But if I continue asking Rava, Yahi, if that's really so, even if he brought a Raya that these Mumin were on her before Arison, still that shouldn't be sufficient enough proof for him to get out of paying her the Ksuba, because we could always say, bottom line is, he married her, so it must be that he knew about these Mumin and he used Nephias. So if I continue the line of questioning, El Amrina, and it must be that we say, We have a Chazaka, a person is not Mephias Mumin. And if that so continues, so to over here, when he brings a Raya that these Mumin were on her after Arison, we should still say, we have a chazaka that a person is not Mephias Mumin. In essence, what Abai is asking Rava is what's the difference if he brings a raya that these Mumin happened before Erisin or if they happened after Erisin. So Rava finally has an explanation for why is it that we don't say if the husband brought a raya that these Mumin happened after Erisin and the only way the husband can get out of paying her the Ksuba is if he brings a 
Zoraya that these movement were before Erison. Ella, rather, it must be that Mishinas Arsa, if he brings Zoraya that these movement were on her after Erison, the reason why that's not sufficient proof is Mishum Deikatarti Chazaka. That's because she has two Chazakas. Number one is Hemen and Gofal Chazkasai. We keep her body on its Chazaka that it does not have movement. And Chazaka in Adam Shaisbukaiselim Kimbaitkai. We also have a Chazaka that a person doesn't drink from a cup unless he checks it. And Vahai Rav and Fayasu, this fellow clearly knew she had movement and he must have been okay with it, and that's why he married her. So she has two Chazakas supporting her. Now, my Amrit, what are you going to say? The Chazaka in Adam Fayasu movement that we have is other Chazaka that a person is not okay with movement. The reason why we're not going to go with that Chazaka is because Hava, Ayin Vavam Ralf on the top, Chadam Makam Tarti, that's only one Chazaka for him. Negative her two Chazakas, Vachadam Makam Tarti, Layaminon. We don't say that his one Chazaka should win when it's up against her two Chazakas. Whereas Achel Itasars, if he brings a ride that she had these movement even before Erosin, what do we say? We can't say that she has Chazakas Aguf. She doesn't have a Chazakas Aguf anymore. She obviously had these movement even before Erosin. So, my Eka, so what else are you going to say? The Chazaka de Adam Shaisa Bakais, Elam Kain Baitka, Vahai Rav and Fayasu, that we have a Chazaka that a person's not going to drink from a cup until he checks it, which means he's not going to get married until she makes sure that she doesn't have movement. And if he got married to her and she had these movement, clearly he knew about them and he was okay with it. We can't say that because Adarab, I'll tell you the opposite. Chazaka in Adam Mufayas, but Mumin, we have another Chazaka that a person is not okay with Mumin. And also, we're going to say for him, the Hemed Mumin Al Chazkasai will keep the Mumin where it is and it's in his pocket. So therefore, he's the one that has a stronger tie in this case, not her. That's why the burden of proof would be on her and not on him. Now, we're going to continue just so that we can complete this Sugyar of Ashiyamar. He has a third answer for the seeming steer in the Mishnah. Reisha Manal Abiyatcha. The Reisha of the Mishnah is like she saying, My father has a mana with you, which means you owe my father a mana. The Seifa Manalib Yadcha. But the Seifa, which is talking about after she already got married to him, is like she's saying, You owe me a mana. In other words, in the Reisha, since the Ksuba goes to her father, the father cannot use her Cheskazagov to be mighty mammon for himself. Therefore, the burden of proof is on her father. Whereas in the Seifa, it goes to her, and therefore she can use her Cheskazagov, so the burden of proof is on her husband. But now, Isfei Rav Acha, Breeder of Avila Rav Ashi, he asked Rav Ashi, We know that Mother of Mayor of Mayor agrees, that if this is a type of mum, which makes sense that she's going to come from her father's house into marriage with, that it's incumbent upon the father to bring a raya. Why should we say that? Once she gets married, it's a case of since the ksuba would be going to her, it should be incumbent upon the husband to bring proof, not her. So I would say that in such a case, it's incumbent upon her or her father to bring a raya. So Rashi answers, no. What's that case talking about? When we're talking about she has an extra finger, when she comes into the marriage with an extra finger, that obviously came from her father's house, so the burden of proof is on her father. Well, we ask you, say, is my raya, my see. If she has an extra finger, what type of raya is he going to bring? That the extra finger only developed after she got married? That's not possible. People don't just grow extra fingers. It must be that it came from her father's house. Travashi answers, no. Raya of an who Her father just has to bring a raya that he knows that the husband saw that she had this extra finger and that he was okay with it. But if it's not a scenario of such a mom, so if it's a case of manal abba biyadcha, it would be incumbent upon the father to bring a raya. If it's a case of manal biyadcha, then it would be incumbent upon the husband to bring a raya. So in conclusion, we have three answers to the seeming steer between the Rish and the Seifa of our Mishnah, Rabbi Lazar, Rava, and Rav Ashi. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.